Bye, Govan, and welcome to the Tolkien Lore Channel. I'm the Tolkien Geek, and in this video, I want to talk about what might actually be an error on Tolkien's part. And you don't encounter these very often, because Tolkien was very, very careful to go back and revise what he wrote to make sure that everything fit together pretty well. Which makes it very strange that on the one hand, he would say that the building of Baradur began in the year 1000 of the Second Age, but the forging of the One Ring took place in 1600, roughly, of the Second Age. Why is this a problem? Because Tolkien also tells us that the foundations of Baradur were made with the power of the ring, and therefore it could not, the foundations could not be destroyed when the Tower of Baradur itself was raised at the end of the War of the Last Alliance. Specifically, during the Council of Elrond, he mentions that his ring was lost but not unmade. The Dark Tower was broken, but its foundations were not removed, for they were made with the power of the ring, and while it remains, they will endure. Well, that's a problem, because how could he begin construction on the Tower of Baradur 600 years before he actually built, forged the One Ring. How does that work if the ring is part of the basis for which the, the foundation of the tower itself is made? Seems like we have a contradiction here. So, I want to explore ways that we could explain this. One of them, as I mentioned, of course, is that Tolkien simply made a mistake. When he was you know, writing this passage, you know, he, then he later comes along and makes the timeline. He is not putting the two together in his mind, and he knows, you know, maybe somewhere in the back of his mind that the the ring was, the power of the ring was used to make the foundations of the Baradur. But when he comes to write the actual timeline in the tale of years, he's just thinking in terms of, okay, what's the natural progression of events here? And he's you know, Sauron escapes from everybody at the end of the First Age. He goes into hiding for a while, and then he decides, okay, I'm going to start being active in the world again. He starts trying to do a bunch of different things, infiltrate the elves so that he can, you know, gain power over them in some way or another. Meanwhile, also building power in some part of Middle-earth kind of away from everybody else's eyes. And so, okay, so he's going to build a home base somewhere. He chooses Mordor and Let's say he's starting the construction of his tower over here, and here's where we get the making of the great rings, and then finally, you know, it, he's just working his way mentally through this process of how would it go, you know, if this was real events in history, this is the kind of the natural progression, and he doesn't think about the fact that he's already said in somebody else's mouth that the foundations were made with the power of the one ring. That's one possible hypothesis. But like I said, Tolkien doesn't make too many of these mistakes, and he's constantly revising stuff and checking for these things, and in all the years that he was correcting things, this is not one that ever got corrected, and this seems like one of the more glaring errors. You'd think somebody would have noticed, so that at least by the time of the second edition, it would have been noted that, how, how does this work, J.R.R.? And he would have been like, oh, um, hmm, how do I fix that? And... You know, he might have tried to come up with a clever way of fixing it without actually changing anything, such as the way he did it with The Hobbit, where 
Bilbo tells the story in a complete lie, but then we get the real story in the second edition of The Hobbit. So he doesn't change the story, he just puts it in a completely different context by saying, well, that was Bilbo's original story, he just fibbed a bit. So, it does seem kind of unlikely that a glaring error of this nature just survived all this time, and nobody caught it, and Tolkien didn't fix it. So it's kind of unsatisfying to just put it down to error. On the other hand, it seems very hard to explain any other way. How can you reconcile the fact that the foundations of a tower whose construction began in the year 1000 was made with you know, a ring that wasn't around for another 600 years? You have to start with the foundation. So if he started building the Baradur he surely must have begun with the foundation, which means the ring wasn't there when he made the foundation, which means the foundation wasn't made with the ring. Right? That just seems to follow naturally. I mean, I don't think, for instance, that you could build the entire tower and then he could, once the ring is completed, build the foundations and then like levitate the tower on top of it with the power of the ring. I don't think Sauron can do that. And they certainly didn't have anything like the mechanical technology to do it either, because the Tower of Baradur is rather big. So, I don't think we can explain it by just saying that he kind of magicked his way around it. That's kind of a lazy explanation. So then what does it mean? Well, I think you could explain it in one of two ways that I can think of, and Neither of them are, to my mind, extremely satisfying either. One way that you could explain it is to say that, yes, he built the entire thing, and then when he, you know, made the ring, he used whatever power he had with the ring to kind of magically reinforce the actual foundations, even though they're already there. What would this look like in in real terms? hard to say exactly. I mean, we don't know precisely the nature of what Sauron can do with the ring, other than we know that he uses it to, you know, control the other ring bearers out there, and this is how he creates the Nazgul, and he was hoping to kind of do the same thing with the, you know, the elven keepers of the other rings, but they were smart enough and spiritually aware enough, I guess, to recognize what was going on when he put his ring on, and they took theirs off, so it didn't work out. That's the kind of primary purpose of the One Ring, but Tolkien also tells us in another place that while you know he has the ring, his own power is enhanced. It kind of enhances all of his natural abilities. Okay, what abilities would Sauron have that could be enhanced that he could use to magically improve the strength or resilience or whatever of a foundation that already exists. He's a student of Aule. Student is not really the best word, but he he is of the people of Aule. And so crafting, building, forging, this is kind of his wheelhouse. So it makes sense that, you know, a constructed thing would be among the things that he would have particularly good, you know, power over, let's say. But as usual, magic in Tolkien's world is kind of vague and not very you know, delineated by clear rules. And so it's difficult to say 
what could Sauron have been doing with the ring that would allow him to do something special with these with the the foundations of Baradur that he couldn't have just done before? I mean, that's that's kind of tricky. So, I don't know that I find this particularly satisfying as a theory because I mean, why not then say okay, if he could do that, why not say that the foundations and Baradur itself are also improved with the power of the ring and make the Baradur itself indestructible? Which raises the other interesting question, of course, why not do that in any case? You know, regardless of how the ring is involved, why is it that the foundations are the things that are, you know, that's the thing that's made with the ring why is that even important to Sauron why does that need to be the obvious answer in one sense might be the simple fact that well there is an active volcano over there which means we're probably going to experience earthquakes from time to time so if the foundation is at least solid enough to be indestructible the rest of the tower is fine maybe that's why Part of me, though, wonders if maybe Tolkien here is not speaking literally. He's not referring to the literal, you know, whatever foundation is laid being, you know, made just physically more resilient. There is something else going on. Like, the foundation is something else, not just like a concrete slab that he poured. I don't know. But I wonder about that, because the very nature of the whole thing seems to be kind of in the realm of... I'm not even sure how I want to say this, but it seems like it's kind of in the realm of a metaphor of something else. It's not literally just talking about that, because it's... The way Elrond talks about it, it's a kind of a mythical account, almost, and it seems like there is more to his words than just their surface meaning. And I don't know what that would be, so I'm still sticking to the literal interpretation because I don't really know what else to do with it. But it just seems weird on its face to say that, okay, well, I'm going to have this tower and the foundations, but nothing else I'm going to make super, super resilient such that they can't be destroyed. Okay. I mean, again... The only thing I could think of why that would be even relevant would be because the the existence of Mount Doom in a you know very close by is a potential hazard to those foundations. So let's say that that's what it is because that's the only thing I can think of. That still doesn't really explain why he would build the entire tower and then be able to magically make the the foundations stronger especially because the way the quote reads is not they were in, you know the foundations were strengthened by or improved by but made with the power of the ring right so that brings me to my final theory which is the one that i find the most satisfying although i still don't really fully find it satisfying but my final theory is that when he says made with the power of the ring he doesn't mean made with the ring. Again, you have to really kind of parse the words here. He says, made with the power of the ring. What is the power of the ring? Well, ultimately, it's Sauron's own power, right? And therefore, it cannot be destroyed while the ring exists. 
here I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but the idea here is the the foundations of Baradur are basically indestructible so long as the ring exists. What if Sauron made those foundations with a certain part of his power which he then invests into the ring such that it's kind of like, I've talked before on this channel about how the ring is sort of like a horcrux if you want to use a Harry Potter analogy, in that he is putting a great part of his own spirit into the ring, and that's why as long as the ring survives, he survives. And if the part of his power that he puts into the ring is the same part of his power that he uses to construct the the foundations of Baradur then it makes sense that the ring acts not only as a horcrux for his own self, but also for this thing that he built, the foundation of Baradur, right? Does that really work? Is that really what Tolkien intended? That seems a little weird, but it's the only way I can make sense of the words used, the way it's told, and everything else about it, because it does make sense that if you destroy the ring and that contains the power by which the foundation of Baradur is kind of held in its perpetual indestructible state, now it's destructible again. And that's why when the ring does get destroyed, the Baradur actually does come crumbling down. It is acting as the glue. That ring is acting as the glue that holds the whole thing together. And it's being held together precisely because the same power that Sauron used to make those foundations he put into the ring as like a holding vessel. And so it, it's kind of just a... It's a weird thing to think about that you could say that Sauron has these discrete parts of his power that he can like section off and put into another physical object. But that's kind of where we're at already anyway because... Sauron does apparently have a certain discrete amount of power that he can section off into the ring in order to make it the one ring that we know of and make it so that the ring can do the things that he wants it to do. And that's why when that ring is destroyed, he is reduced to complete impotence because he has put so much of his own power into it. He doesn't literally put his entire spirit into it because that's not how that works. But seemingly, he can take a part of his power, which by definition, therefore, must be some discrete part of it, because he still has some remaining power apart from it while it exists, and put it into the ring. There is something discrete about it. Again, Tolkien doesn't go into huge detail about the rules of how this works, and so there's no clear indication of, you know, here's how you can separate your, you know, what power you have into chunks and put it into physical things to be, you know, basically horcruxes, but nevertheless, that seems to be the clear implication, and that seems to me to be the only way to explain the specific words used, and it allows us to hang a lot of weight on that phrase, the power of the ring, rather than, you know, the other possible way you could word that being you know, with the ring. It wasn't made with the ring, it was made with the power of the ring. 
Okay, well, the power of the ring is ultimately Sauron's power. He uses his power to construct the Baradur, and then he puts that power into the ring. Okay, well, and why would he why would he do that then? Well, we can also explain this, because the really interesting thing about this is Sauron has been defeated before and had to abandon an earthly form before. And remember, this is before the, the downfall of Numenor. This happens before all that. But in the first age, he had to do pretty much the same thing when he was, you know, defeated by Luthien and Huon. So... He knows that this is a thing that can happen, and he knows that disembodiment is a big deal. Being disembodied when you already have a bodily form is, you know, it's it's a major thing. And he also has the, you know, the the <laughs> the precedent of his own boss, Morgoth, because Morgoth, in his physical form, which he's kind of stuck in for the rest of time, at least as far as we know, he could suffer physical, you know, injury and, and ailments and things like that because he can be maimed and lame, made lame by a sword cut from Fingolfin. We know this. And so Sauron, looking at that, might be thinking, you know what? It is just within the realm of possibility that at some point in the future, I might end up in that situation again. And if I am defeated enough to the point to where my physical form is just obliterated and I have to reconstitute myself, Baradur might crumble because the foundations might just not survive. So, what if I put that part of my power into the ring such that it just holds it all together while I'm off, you know, re-embodying myself? Nobody's going to destroy the ring. Nobody's got the willpower. And they're not going to get it anyway because, you know, nobody's going to get me eventually anyhow i mean i'm powerful enough that i'm just gonna be able to stop them but you know on the off chance let's say that somebody did they'll just be corrupted by the ring i'll get it back eventually and everything will be hunky-dory so you can actually explain that through the same exact logic sauron is actually being kind of intentional here and saying you know what's my absolute backup in case something really bad happens which isn't really going to happen but you know Plan for all contingencies, right? Let's let's say, you know, something really bad does happen. As long as I have the power that built this foundation in the ring, I won't have to restart the entire process again. The foundation will still be there. So, yeah, I'll just put that power into the ring and everything will be fine. So, that theory is, like I said, it's the most satisfying the reason I don't find it completely satisfying is because I am, and this is a thing lawyers do, but I am putting a lot of weight on the specific wording of that quote, saying, the, with the, made with the power of the ring. The natural way to take that, I must admit, is to say that the ring was made first, and then its power such as it is, was used to make the foundations of Baradur. That seems to be the most natural way to take that. The way I am taking it is a possible interpretation, but I don't find it to be the most plausible one on its face. I am only taking that interpretation because it seems forced by the the contradiction of the timeline, right? The fact that I have to explain 
how the Baradur could be begun in the year 1000, and then the ring made 600 years later, and yet it's the power of the ring that made the foundations. <sighs> mm. You know, that just... <sighs> and again, this is part of the reason why I wonder if there's a slightly less literal sense to what's being said here about the foundations of Baradur. Is he meaning literally just the construction that's at the bottom that is the base of everything else built on top? Or is there something else that he means by foundations that I can... But it seems like he's talking about a literal, you know, foundation, a base, a constructed thing, because it's something that could theoretically be destroyed if the ring is gone. And in fact, that is what happens when the ring is destroyed. The foundations themselves become you know, at least destructible, and this happens. So it seems like he's talking about at least a physical object in a literal sense, but there's still a part of me that wonders if there's maybe a little bit of something not entirely straightforward about the way that he means this. He's not just talking about, you know, we you know, built this thing and that's it. So, again, I'm not entirely satisfied because I don't like having to parse the language that way. I am semi-comfortable with it because as a lawyer, I, I live by words and I am, you know, capable of looking at the meanings of words and parsing them in a way that I can make them mean what I need them to mean. But it's not, you know, my my more just natural human side is like, but that's not what it seems like it's saying. It's, you know, there's that little thing in the back of my mind that's like, ugh, that doesn't feel right. So that's the best that I can come up with. I'm curious, does anybody else out there have another theory that might explain this better and maybe resolve the tension that I am having with you know, the the literal meanings of the words power of the ring and foundation and all this other stuff with the desire to try to make that line be a little more, have a, natu a natural meaning that you don't have to kind of lawyer your way around to make it fit. Can anybody do better than me? I'm curious. Leave your comments below and we'll see what we come up with. But if you did enjoy the video, at least as a thought exercise, please do leave a thumbs up, share it around, share it with people who are smarter than, you know, me and you, and maybe they can come up with a better answer, maybe. So beyond that, please do check out the description for my other platform links. Subscribe if you want to catch all my future content. Click the bell icon if you're on YouTube. You can also find my social links below, and on Twitter, of course, I occasionally drop Tolkien-related trivia questions throughout the week. And you can find support links below as well. Until the next time, I'm the Tolkien Geek, signing out for the Tolkien Lore Channel. Namariye. Thanks to all the supporters of the channel, especially Elf Friends, PA Brew News, Nathan Dufour, and Paul Leone.